what you see people talking about, people regretting, people wishing they had more of are not the things that our society holds so valuable. No one's talking about the cars that they drove. You know, no one's even talking about their fancy careers. Like truly it's coming down to their families, their purposes. This is not your average business podcast because here we are going to discuss how you hit your goals without losing yourself, your values, or your relationships along the way. We believe in the whole person versus the long-term hustle approach and demonstrating to our children what living a life full of purpose is truly about. We're here for the woman who is an aspiring entrepreneur, developing her personal brand, and staying open to the opportunities that come before her. We're here for the woman yearning to find businesses that align with her, her core being, so she can feel in alignment with her life. Come on this journey with us as we navigate this very full season and pursue a life we love. Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for a greater purpose? Are you craving connection? Perfect. You are in the right place and we are excited to get you one step further than you are today. Fear is not a bad thing. I'm not sure of one person that launched a new business or project or made a big career pivot without some fear involved. But should fear stop you from doing the things that you feel called to do? My answer is no. So today we're going to break down the fear of getting started or the fear of pivoting. We're going to share our behind-the-scenes fears and how we work through them to get to a place where we were ready to make a leap. So Abby, I know you went through this super recently, pivoting from a career that you had spent a long time at into something new. Yeah, and it was a good job. I did it for over a decade. It was something that I was good at, that I enjoyed a lot of, but I also knew that the future version of myself it wasn't going to be fulfilling her needs. Like at the end of the day, that's what it was. It was no longer fulfilling, even though I was good at it. On paper, it was great. Benefits, salary, all of those things. And I'm a person who have a really hard time making decisions, especially really, really big decisions. Once I make them, I'm so happy with the decision, but it takes me a really long time to actually get to that point, especially if I'm looking outside of myself for the answer. So when I'm asking other people, and I found myself doing this, especially with my corporate job and leaving my corporate job was, Asking other people, how do you feel about this? What would you do in this situation? If you were me, how would you go about this conversation? And it wasn't until I got really, really quiet, looked internally, that it made the decision a lot more clear. And then once I made it, it was so much easier. And now I'm looking back, I'm like, how in the world did I do that for so long? (laughs) Doing both things and just being too afraid to actually start. And that was the big thing here is that it was starting something and actually saying yes to something that wasn't part of my life for over a decade. I know there's other people who are listening right now who they overplan, they overanalyze. We procrastinate, which is a big part of perfectionism because you want everything to be ducks in a row, A to Z planned out, and until it's actually perfect, you don't actually make the leap. And it's just a form of, I mean, it looks it, it looks like you're planning and you're doing things right and you're making sure that everything's going to be in line, but no, you're procrastinating. You're, you're putting off the thing that is inevitable, that you actually want, that your heart is screaming at you to do because you're too scared that it's not perfect. And it also went through a journey with this. So it wasn't just like one day I decided I'm going to quit. I decided that I needed to take a, a step back and I went part-time. 
I'm like, oh, this is great. And for many people, it is a really, really great way of doing that. Maybe taking one day a week to do the thing that you're working on. Maybe it's going actual part-time, which is what I did for my personality type. And we can go into this in another episode. It was not good for my personality because I was still working full-time, but only getting paid for part-time. So it didn't work for me that way. And that's really when I started realizing, like, I need to either leave completely or stick with this and make this my end game. And I knew in my heart that that work in the corporate world wasn't my end game. Was it a great part of my past? Yeah, it was a great part of my past, but it was not a part of my future. And I knew that my future self would be so much more proud that I was actually leaving. And I remember the day I put my resignation in, that was a really hard day. Like even though I was ready for it, even though I had done the pros and cons list, that actual day was hard. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like that day is going to be hard. It, It could be hard for many, many people. But every day afterwards, it got easier. And is there still part of me that's attached to that corporate world mentality? I'm also going to say yes. I'm not going to lie and say that I don't miss anything about the corporate world. But also that percentage gets smaller and smaller the more that I get into this work and feel more and more fulfilled. One thing that sticks out to me, and I know some of the behind the scenes, is that that part-time wasn't common at your corporate Mm -hmm. job. So you were only the second person in your sales role all time that was corporate. So I think a lot of us get stuck in that pattern of like, well, that's not possible at my at mm-hmm. my job. Like mm-hmm. they, they would never let me. It's like they never really let anyone either. And Abby really advocated for herself. And, and so I think just to get your mind working of like, instead of automatically telling yourself what is or isn't possible at your role right now, like you have to make the pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they built that role for me. They built it together. We built it. We figured out what made sense, what made sense on paper, what made sense hours-wise. The pandemic also happened during that, which uh, for a traveling sales career, it makes it really, really difficult to be in a traveling sales career when the pandemic actually hit. So there's just a lot of working factors in it. But it's also not to say that you can't build something that's going to help you with this side passion project, with having a more fulfilling life. Like You have to reach out. You have to advocate for yourself in some of these situations. Okay. And then I know a lot of our listeners, when they are going to make a big pivot, one of their fears is what other people think of them. Mm -hmm. And what I find really interesting (laughs) about Abby's company, her former employer, is that people are actually willing to be very vocal about what they think about your pivot. So I know that you had a lot of people saying, what is your job now? Like you have a podcast. Are you staying at home with your kids now? Like they truly didn't understand something that they didn't understand. Right. So did that ever bother you when you were getting those comments? At first, it definitely bothered me. And maybe it was just learning what to say or knowing. I didn't know what they were going to say at first. Like I thought they were going to be excited about it because we had a lot of coworkers who listened to the podcast and they enjoyed the podcast. But then when I said it was going to be my full-time job, they're like, wait, you can make money? Like, that's going to be your job? You have this amazing career that you've built over the last decade. You're going to do a podcast now? And one of the big reasons was I wanted to have a more family focus. Like, with a traveling sales career, I wasn't able to focus in on family. And to them, that meant I was becoming a stay-at-home mom, which I'm like, oh, this, no, this isn't, this isn't going to be my career, you guys. This is what I'm doing full-time. So does it bother me now? No. But I also know the three sentences that I say every single time in order to be like, this is where I am. What are your three sentences? (laughs) This is my career. Like, this is my career. We're able to make money because the question about money always gets brought up. In a sales career, people talk about money. That's just what it is. So we talk about affiliate marketing. We talk about podcast sponsorships. We talk about the other opportunities through masterminds and courses that it opens up. And by saying that, they're like, oh, okay. But honestly, with the Herself podcast, people didn't take it seriously 
until we hit the million download mark. Like that's when I think people started realizing, oh wait, this is actually like a thing. Like they're actually really good at this. And from then on, the conversations have gotten a lot less about what are you doing? Like how is this working? And more of, holy crap, like you guys are doing really great stuff. But it takes numbers sometimes, especially with that sales career, very, very metrics focused. I think that million mark helped a lot there. I get the same feedback about my nursing job, especially from the women that were a little bit older than me, because I think that that generation really valued security. Mm -hmm. And so they absolutely could not believe that I would leave a nursing job, which is a very secure, here's how much you're paid here's your benefits, like everything for something that wasn't as secure. And so people carry a big fear around that and they project it onto you when you're the one leaving. So you actually do get a lot of comments back. And so Kat, I know that you've made pivots. Have you found that to be true for you? Have people been questioning your decisions? Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like when I first moved into the online business world and started working as a chief operating officer for a company, people were like, wait, so you're blogging? Like you work for a blogger? Like what do you do? And I felt like I was always having to explain myself. And I also feel like a huge part of that too was it was really easy for me to explain what I did when I was a dietitian. Like people felt safe and comfortable. They knew what I did when I told them what I did for work. And then when I shifted, it was like I threw some people for a tizzy and maybe even myself (laughs) a little bit. And I would get frustrated or like even feel like I had to justify my decision or what my profession was, kind of like how you were talking about, Abby. But I quickly realized too, it's not my job to make someone else understand what I do. There's a difference in how someone approaches a conversation when they genuinely are curious and like want to know versus projecting something, putting a judgment on it or maybe even acting like they're too busy to even ask you about it. So they're just going to be like, oh, okay, so that's what you do versus wanting to learn more about it. And I just genuinely release that, that it's it's not my job to explain to them what I do for a living. If they want to know, they can absolutely find out and we can have an amazing conversation about it. But once I realized this, it was so freeing to me because I stopped feeling like I had to justify the decisions that I was making and I could just do what I wanted to do. And the simple reason that it was the right decision for me was enough. Anytime that you're an outlier of like the normal, and I think it's becoming more common. So I'm not sure if the next generation is going to struggle with this as much, but we very much, when we were going to college, it was like, go to college, get a job that makes sense with your degree, Mm -hmm. write out. Like that's a very common trajectory. So I think when we just have a different experience, and like Kat said, multiple ways to look at it. Either they're super interested, excited for you, all the things, or they think that you're maybe not even making sound decisions. And then because different types of businesses are so new, like Kat was a boss. Like she worked at a company that made a lot of money, had beautiful profit margins, but the idea of a blogger to most people is that it's like a fun hobby and it's not an actual business. So they can't even like conceptualize what kind of role she was doing. Did that happen with your blog when you started it too? Well, my blog was never like the blog that (laughs) Kat worked for, but I will say my blog was my starting point. Yeah. So it was 
the first thing that I did outside of like the normal job. And before we were recording, I was telling these two women, like I was embarrassed to talk about my blog, which you can't be if you're a blogger. Like that getting the word out is a huge part of your job. And I really wanted to be a nurse when I was at work. And then I just had this like separate life that in my free time, I truly enjoyed writing. I've always loved wellness. So being able to give people that information was very meaningful for me. So then eventually I had to have those two worlds collide and I had to get more comfortable with that. And so for me, it was over time. It started as the fear of what people would think of me like my coworkers at work, I was like, they're going to think I'm like, I don't even know, like this weirdo. And I had to get comfortable with, no, this is who I am. And I would rather be who I am 100% of the time than put myself into these boxes, which at the time depended at what place I was at. And some jobs force us to do yes. that. Mm-hmm. Some jobs, you have to put on a face that isn't the same face when you're outside of that working role. Maybe it is cutting off parts of you as a mom, as a wife, as a blogger, as whatever that is. And that's what gets really, really tricky is when you're trying to be somebody who you're not and that's your job. Like that's your entire livelihood. Yeah. yeah. And you get burnt out from it too. Oh my like gosh, you're living yeah. two separate lives or you're being rewarded for playing one role, but not the other. And so it feels like you can't integrate or be your whole self in a situation. And that feels like very dangerous for like longevity and just, you know, even tapping into your own tuition of what feels right when you're living other people's expectations of who you are and what your role is. It feels like we are witnessing an awakening because some companies have started to understand that. Like Mm -hmm. it matters who the person is. And so we need to have benefits and vacation time and everything that matches allowing that person. Like let's just use the example of being a mom. Like we want our employees to be able to go and make sure they're at their kid's recital if they want to be. And then there's other companies that are are stuck in this old way of thinking of like, no, here you are cat the employee and we don't care about what's going on with your motherhood. And I think more of us are starting to say like, that's not okay with me. Right. Yeah. Butts in the seat from 8 a.m. till 5.30 p.m., one hour for lunch. It does not work to do all of those roles at all. Okay, so Kat, you went from this role where you were behind the scenes, the leader of the team, like such an important piece in that business, but you were behind the scenes. Someone else was the face. So now you have another venture and you have Pursuing Her Purpose where you have come out. Like you have to <laughs> I'm be, out into the world. You have to be like this shining star that you are. But I'm wondering, does that stir up any fear from someone that is used to being more behind the scenes? Yes. I was so comfortable being behind the scenes. It was my safe place. And so it was a huge shift for me to come out from behind the curtain. And it there was a lot of fear for me to work through. And like, ironically, my word of the year for this year was bold. And so I often thought about that. I would think about that word, like, what would I do if I was being bold in this situation? How would I show up? And something that really helped me move through the fear was thinking, actually, I I love to do like a little mindset shift. And I would think, how self-centered my fear actually is. Like I was only thinking about me in that moment. 
who's going to reject me if they hear that I'm doing this? Who's going to laugh at me? Who is not going to support me? Versus like the true intention of both of my businesses is to help other people, is to support other people. And so when I made what I was doing and how I wanted to step out from behind the curtain about the people that I was serving versus my own fears, it felt just so silly. Like, why would I put other people's growth at jeopardy? Because I just won't, you know, put myself out there. And that mindset shift was huge for me in like actually overcoming the fear that I felt. When you think about it as being the most selfless thing to do, yeah. of not being scared, I, I really like that. I haven't heard it said that way. Yeah, I really and I'm like a that. people person. I oh, love yeah. people. So like when I would shift it and make it about other people versus myself, it was like, of course, I I have to show up today. Mm-hmm. I, this is amazing. Like I get to be of service to other people. And that message is speaking really loud to me because if you have a venture in which you are seeking more purpose, make sure that that lines up for you, that you are going to be able to live out your values with whatever venture you start, because otherwise you're just trading this for that. Uh, You're trading your corporate Mm -hmm. job for another corporate job. So really thinking about And sometimes that could be, but maybe your values align better with a different company on a different mission. And that's going to help you make the shift and feel like, okay, what I'm doing actually matters. Abby and I have talked about this a bunch of times, but we're in our mid-30s now. And we have seen so many of our friends, of our family members go through this mid-30s like awakening of like, it used to be about climbing a ladder and making more money. And now they're sitting on that ladder and thinking like, is what I'm doing, does it matter on the ladder? Yeah. Or is this it? Yeah. Is this it? I'm at the top now and I'm looking down and I'm like, okay, what's next? Or I'm not as happy as I thought I would be now that I'm here. Well, it was the rise. So for a lot of my friends, they've done amazing in their career. And so in the beginning, the rise was fueling enough. Like you were Mm. getting the promotion, you were getting more money. But now that things have, for a lot of people, like studied out a little bit, you're not the young shining star that's coming up. All of these things go into this issue that a lot of people are having of thinking like, is this it for me? So Amy, what would you say to someone who is feeling really scared to start? Like if they're at the top of the ladder questioning if this is it and know that they want to pivot or start something, like what's something that you could say to like normalize or help them work through that? Well, I think, and the three of us have talked about normalizing that it really could be a side project. It doesn't have to be a full-on pivot. I'm leaving. I'm going to do this. Yeah, burn the boats. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So it's like, what could you do outside? Because that's going to look different for everyone. But what the three of us have found is once you start working on something and you feel passionate about it, this morning we all woke up at 5.30 a.m. and (laughs) we were like, should we start recording? Should Mm -hmm. we start Mm -hmm. our day? Because it like gets you out of bed when you're passionate and when you feel in alignment. So I would really start by asking myself, like, when do I feel the most alive? Because there's opportunities there. And I think a lot of people don't see that there's opportunities all around us to start something. And the answers to those questions, how you answer them could truly be your idea of what you're going to start. I'm like tearing up a little bit over here just like thinking about that because if you actually think about that and whether you're a person who likes to write things down or just brainstorm it, say it to a friend, say it to someone you love, if you actually think what passes time and you just wish you had all the time in the world to keep on doing it, 
if I could wake up and do anything, those are the types of things, like, why not? Like, why not, you guys? It's also like, what do people need? Like, to speak to Kat's point for expecting an empowered when we started it, it was because we went through pregnancy ourselves and we saw what limited education people had on how to work out while pregnant. That was such a big part of my life before I got pregnant. I did it when I was pregnant with my first, but I didn't do it the way that I wanted to because I didn't have clear instruction. I needed my sister to come alongside of me, a physical therapist, so that we could really build out a program to empower people so that they felt comfortable and confident in how they were working out. And so for us, the fueling passion, it was truly women deserve better than they have right now. We have the knowledge and expertise. How selfish of us to not go ahead and serve this thing. And so a lot of times when you're solving your own problem, like you're onto something of like, okay, I see this huge gap in a market of education for how women can work out pregnant and postpartum, sometimes looking in the mirror, that's the person that's going to solve that problem. And you've created an incredible, successful business based on the fact that there were thousands of women just like you waiting to have that information. And you guys were brave enough, not scared enough to actually take the step and do it. My cousin, Sarah Green, she was on an interview. And on the interview, she said a very specific statement that has stuck with me. And she goes, do you want the reason you stayed be because you were scared? And ask yourself that question right now. Like, are you staying right now because you're too scared? Are you staying because you feel secure? You feel comfortable? There are too many what ifs in that next step. For me, it was an absolute yes. Like I was staying because I was scared because I didn't know. And I don't want the reason to be that I'm stuck be because I didn't want to fly. Like, no, I don't want that to be the reason. And shortly after I listened to her interview, and she's going to be on actually in a couple of weeks here, but shortly after I listened to her statement, that's when I put my resignation in. Because I really, truly, I'm like, I don't want to be stuck forever. And I know I'm going to be until I get over this. And with pursuing her purpose, it's like part of the reason that we're showing up on these microphones is that we see it as like we could unlock a woman's life. Like we could help her see her purpose. It's not so that we are like the shining stars. It's so that you can be the star of your own life and that you feel so good in it. Mm, I love that. Uh, I read this book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, and it was written by a hospice nurse. And one of the top regrets that her patients would say to her was, I wish I had lived a life that was true to myself instead of what others expected of me. And I mean, that's exactly what you were kind of saying, Abby. It's like, are you scared? Because this is what others are expecting of you to stay in this role. But what is actually true for yourself? And honestly, when I read that book, it was so life-changing for me because it like it broke my heart in one aspect. And then it profoundly shaped my worldview because we really only get one shot at this thing called life. And I don't want to sit on my deathbed and think about that I never got to be my authentic self, you know, that I had these two lives that I couldn't bring together or that I couldn't marry the person I love, chase the dreams that were just for me or do things that brought me joy and made the impact that I wanted to on other people's lives. So I don't know if you're sitting in fear right now of what's next, it honestly might be helpful for you to actually ask, is what I'm currently doing in my life someone else's expectation of me? If I were honoring what my most true self wants to do, what decision would she make and how would she show up? That's such an interesting thought 
because I lived that life. So Mm -hmm. like I could have been the author of that book or I could write another Mm -hmm. one because I've helped so many people die. And I know that's an uncomfortable statement for a lot of people, but the end of life comes for all of us. And what you see people talking about, people regretting, people wishing they had more of are not the things that our society holds so valuable. No one's talking about the cars that they drove. You know, no one's even talking about their fancy careers. Like truly it's coming down to their families, their purposes. So I think it's a really amazing thing is that we want you guys to pursue your own purposes and we want to live that out for ourselves. It's not always easy. It can come with people questioning you. But if you can face that fear, it doesn't have to completely diminish. Like you can still do things scared. The three of us all do that. But is it going to stop you from living a life that you would be really proud of? <laughs>